Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. Well, let's just say this together. Say, I will not fear. Let's say it again. Say, I will not not fear. I will not fear. Now, you're going to have to record that in your brain so that tomorrow morning when you wake up and all hell's coming against you or you're throwing lawnmower blades or you're borrowing somebody's stuff and it's breaking, you just say, you know what? I will not fear. I will not fear. When you turn on that news station and they got all kinds of garbage and nonsense and negativity, you turn it off and go, I will not fear. It doesn't matter if you say, well, Pastor B, I do turn it off. But that same negative spirit that just gave you, that you gave five seconds to automatically put something in, inside of you. And you got to uproot that thing and say, I will not fear. I will not fear. Our society is inundated, inundated with the spirit of, of fear right now it's all around us come on somebody i know i know y'all on planet earth fear is all around us the the fear the fear the fear level has been has been turned up as a matter of fact fear is being currently being manufactured by those at the highest level then the news media picks it up and they embellish it and then social media capitalizes on it. And then what do we do as the church? We hit that button at the bottom right hand, left-hand corner that says like and share. And we wonder why anxiety, depression, and fear is at an all-time high. Listen, fear has literally become the most unnatural emotion that we live our lives in every day. We've accepted it, and it's unnatural. According to God's word, I'm fixed to get all, I mean, everybody has been, everybody from those that have been a part of the, 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 the leadership prayer team this morning to Adam to the songs, every, it's like everybody's already been up in my notes this week. I'm like, I'm going to have to start, I'm going to have to start sleeping, putting this thing under my pillow at night because so, somebody's been getting in my house and checking out some notes. No, it's not that. What it is, is it's the Holy Spirit is trying to tell the church something and it doesn't just fall on one person's responsibility to put it out there. Come on, somebody. He's looking for those who are available. Let me, let me have that back. I, I, got to keep that, I got to keep that right there. Right there. Sometimes we got to keep things in our lives that keep us concrete and solid and stop getting rid of things that, that, that you know, we, we're holding on to things that, that don't keep us solid. I keep things that keep me solid around me. If you're not, if you're not solid and you're not keeping me solid... Don't be offended, but you can't stay. I'm so sorry. So sorry. Well, that was arrogant. No, it wasn't. I just refused to let the enemy whisper in my ear. You got to start telling that devil, shut up. So, 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 so what is fear and where does it come from? Well, I'll tell you where it comes from. Can I say the word? Mamas, cover your baby's ears. Fear comes from hell. And it's time to send it right back to where it came from. But the definition in, 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 in the internet world is fear is an emotion that is induced by the perception or recognition of a phenomenon which could, everybody say could, which could cause a danger or a threat. It doesn't mean it already has, it just means it could and all, you're all uptight about it and it hadn't even happened. Fear is a liar. Fear is a thief. Fear will rob you of your joy. That's what the world says about fear. But what's the Bible say about fear? Well, I'm so glad you asked. 2 Timothy 1.7 in the Passion Translation says this. For God, you, you know this verse, for God will never give you, never, 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 will never give you a spirit. Stop. The world says it's an emotion. But the Bible says that fear is a spirit. 
don't know about you, but I ain't playing with spirits. I ain't got time for spirits. For God will never give you a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit, that's who he'll give you. He'll give you the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and a sound mind or self-control. What's the first thing that happens to you and I when we get hit with all kinds of negativity and, oh, my gosh, the world is falling apart and fear grips in? What's the first thing that happens? We lose our minds. So the Bible says that he will give us the Holy Spirit who gives us power, love, and a sound mind. So what do we do with fear? Glad you asked that question today, too. Man, y'all are some inquisitive people today. What do we do with fear? You check it. You check that. You ever been in a conversation with somebody and they say something, you, you, mm, that just ain't sitting well with me. Check that. Amen. So today there's a lot of hype in, in the media about fact checkers. I saw an inter- interesting quote the other day that said fact checkers, fact checkers didn't exist till the truth started getting out. And so here's the truth that I'm going to give you today about fear. Fear is a liar and fear comes from the enemy. It does not come from God. So anytime you begin entertaining fearful thoughts, you're entertaining the enemy. So let's drop, that, let's drop that logo up there. Today's title is simply this, Fact Check Fear, what the Bible says about it. Fact Check Fear. Anytime a fearful thought comes into your mind, fact check it. Well, the facts are in black and white, and sometimes they're in red. When they're in red, that's because the man said it. Fact Check Fear. So let's just go ahead and go right in. Let's go to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Begin with verse 6 and 7. Everybody good this morning? Everybody good? You fired up? You ready? Yes, sir. All right, Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 6, says this. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Stop. I had a conversation with somebody just the other day. And they were just talking about how they were being inundated with all these fearful thoughts. And I said, in that moment, when that thought comes, immediately just begin to thank God for everything he's done. Number one, you're still here and you're not dead. So what has God brought you from? Don't focus on what what you're facing. Focus on what he's done. Because that will encourage your faith to know if he did it then, he'll do it again. And his promises are not stopping just because there's something coming at you. Any, matter of fact, when something's coming at you, his strength is shown in its most purest form. In my weakness, he's strong. Tell God what you need and then thank him for all he's done. Verse 7, then you will experience, so once you've done all this, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. So what, basically what the word just says is peace will show up before the understanding does. Sometimes I don't need to understand. All I need to, all I need to be confident in is that he, he's given me peace to walk through this. I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who it is. Either you be real quiet because you're just processing, or, but I'm just telling you, this is for every one of us in this room. His peace will, uh, lean into this one, his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ. Now listen, and I love what Adam did today. There's, there's a lot that these two verses are saying. And there's a whole lot that they're not saying. Because many times it's the misinterpretation of Scripture that creates anxiety, confusion, and fear. It's not money. Money is not evil. It's the love of money. And, And let me just say this. God doesn't need your money. But he desperately wants your heart. And the Bible says where a man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. And you can't separate the two. God doesn't need nor want our money, but he does want your heart. And he understands that it is not until he gets your treasure that he has you. Just you showing up does not show him that he has you. Because the Bible says where your treasure is, there's your heart. Just, 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 just serving in the kids is not enough. Just singing as loud as you can is not, that does not show God that he has you. So you can come in here all day. He has my heart. No, he doesn't. If he doesn't have what you treasure the most, he does not have you. And I love when other people come up here because I don't, I, don't like, I don't like to be the guy that talks. But I'm telling you, everything he said was right on, and I didn't pump him for anything to say. But it's true. It's what God is calling us to. Where he is, listen, he's positioning us. Can y'all feel that? I feel it. It's not, it's not that people are bothered. No, no, no. It's, it's, he's, 
he's pushing me and, and positioning us into a place that we're going to flip our city upside down. Not for release city, but for the kingdom of God. So when you feel pushed, just say, God, keep pushing me. Someone say, I don't feel good sometimes. Yeah, but the, but the outcome's going to be so much better. Because he's positioning you to, to, to impact those people that you come, around, come in contact with. So many times it's our misinterpretation of scripture that builds the anxiety, confusion, and doubt, and fear, and all of those things. What am I saying? I'm saying that we put expectations on God that he never promised to live up to. It's called misinterpretation of the gospel. Let me give you an example. Because in that verse it says it's his peace that will guard your hearts and minds. It's not his peace will guard your situation. Did you hear me? See, we get confused and we get heartbroken when we, we, we face a, raft, a, a, a rough patch in the road. He said he will give you peace for your mind and your heart. You're still going to have an upsetting situation. See, we, when we go through an upsetting situation, well, what's going on, God? Have you lost control? Maybe I need to take it back a little bit. You may not say that, but your actions prove otherwise. Unmet expectations will cause fear to creep in. We start questioning God, is there something, and I've had this conversation with somebody just recently. When fear's creeping in, they start, they start questioning, is there something wrong with me? Is there something that I did? Questioning their salvation. Questioning if God is still in control. Maybe it's something that I did. I know I said that, but that's what they keep going back to. Is there something that I'm doing wrong? What am I not doing right? Anybody else ever felt like that? Why is all this happening to me? Listen, when we misinterpret scripture, we misunderstand how, who God wants us to be. Let me ask you this. How many like to sing but know you can't? I saw a spouse just nudge, baby, get your hand up. How many of you have, have ever, you like to sing, you know you can't, and when you get in your car and your jam comes on, you go full-blown concert? Hmm? Mm-hmm. Some of y'all, some, some. <laughs> I ain't gonna say that yeah careful careful I want y'all to love me today but 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 you how about how about you you get your best friend in the car and your jam comes on and you can't even contain yourself you know you can't sing but you do it anyway and you just go full force just just full-blown just full-blown maybe they pick up one of them one of them uh one of them things called that uh uh, some of you are like, what are you talking about? A vape and the, and the smoke fills the car and you're like, yeah, that, that's it. Now it's my concert. And then you go through the whole thing and they're looking at you kind of funny. You don't care. You, you loving this song and you, you, you know, it's summertime and you, you living it up and the song goes over and they like, bro, you don't even know the words to your own jam. You ever happen to, I do it all the time in worship. I, and Ansley Grace will tell me. She'll be like, Daddy, you, you sang the whole, the whole line wrong. I'm like, but, it, but my lyrics sound better. Huh? It doesn't matter how much better my lyric is than the original author of the song. There was, uh, there was an intent for it. But if I learn it wrong, I'll live it wrong. If I learn it wrong, I'll sing it wrong. If I learn scripture wrong, I'll live it wrong. And then I'll get unhappy, and I'll get mad at the pastor, and I'll get mad at you. If you don't understand it correctly, you'll live it incorrectly. Oh, he's here. Your friend says that. What do you do? You reach over there. You pull that thing. You push that door out, and you're like, get out. Anybody ever said, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you was looking for a standing room only crowd it's just you if you learn it wrong you'll live it wrong I'll give you another example how many have ever said this God will never put more on you than you can bear how many have ever said that can I tell you this that is not what it says Oh, but wait, Pastor B, I got a magnet on my, on my refrigerator that my grandmama gave me, and it says that God will never put on you. No, it doesn't. Let's go. The, the, the verse that we actually like to, that we like to reference is found in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We're just talking about making sure we understand this right so that we can put it down right, okay? This is what it says. No temptation. Everybody says temptation. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Lean in. He will not let you be tempted 
beyond what you can bear. I've said it. God will never put on me more than I can bear. But then it goes on in, in regards to temptation. It says, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God turns the light on, showing us the, the, God will turn the light on, showing us the exit. What do we do sometimes? I like what I'm at. God, turn that light back off. I ain't ready to leave. Hot news flash. God will give you more than you can bear. Think about Paul. The apostle Paul, he was mightily used by God, wrote so much of the New Testament. What happened to Paul? Got his head cut off. I don't know about you, but it sounds like he got more than he could bear. So be careful how you use scripture. Because if you learn it wrong and believe it wrong, you'll live it wrong. And then want to question everybody else when you can't figure it out. What's this got to do with fact checking? Because before we can fact check fear, we've got to make sure that we're learning scripture right. Because when we learn it wrong, we'll live it wrong. And let me just say this. If we live it wrong, then we can't use this weapon right here, the word of God. We can't use this weapon against another weapon that is being uh, 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 another weapon called fear. Listen, fear is not just a tool of the enemy. Fear is also a weapon. Fear is currently being used as a tactical weapon in our nation in an attempt to manipulate and push an agenda. Now, don't get me wrong. I will not, I have not, and I will not ever use my platform. This is not my platform, but my influence or this platform to push a political agenda. Don't ask for me to. I will not. But I will point you to the direction and say that is a fear tactic. And fear is a spirit that does not come from God. Listen, if I can get you fearful enough, I can get you to do anything I need you to do. We're talking about fact-checking fear. I know I'm on dangerous slope today, but the Holy Ghost got me. I'm not worried. Listen, don't take my word for it. Let's look what Jesus said. John 16, should be on the screen for you, I believe. Or maybe not. It says this, John 16, I have told you all of this. So that you may have peace in me. This is Jesus. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrow. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Listen, if Jesus said it, you can take it to the bank. That's a promise. What's the promise? You're going to have trials, troubles, and you're going to have sorrow. What, what happened? What happened, church? We, we love to say... All the promises of God in this book are mine, but we don't want to put that on a t-shirt. Get your, I'm ready for my sorrow wristband on the way out of church, right? Nobody wants to talk, but that's a promise. But he did say, in me, you will find peace. In me. Not just coming to church, not just volunteering. In me, you will find peace. Listen. He never promised to get us out of every situation, but he did guarantee and promise that he would walk through them with us. Think about where you are right now. Think about what you're having to face. Listen, it, we must rightly divide the word of truth, not divide it up and only use what benefits us. Fear will rob you of benefits. Yesterday, well, actually, a couple weeks ago, we celebrated Connor's birthday, and he wanted to go to um, Disney World, so we went to Disney World, and at the gate that day, they said, hey, you can upgrade your ticket, today's ticket, for $19, and you can go to any park, but you got to use it by a certain date. Well, we've just been so busy. Yesterday fell on that date, so we went to Hollywood um, Studios, which is, I've wanted to go for as long as we've lived here, and there's a particular ride there called the Tower of Terror that I absolutely, I mean, I've went on, watched the YouTube videos, I, like I was already prepared for what was going to happen, and so Amy had already told us when we got out of the car, and by the way, I'm approved, uh, she approves this message because I told her yesterday, thank you for the illustration, and so anyway, so she told us we got out of the car, she said, what she told us at Disney a couple weeks ago, she said, um, don't try to make me do something that I don't want to do. And I was like, okay. 
So, so Ansley said, well, Dad, we need to do Tower of Terror because that was like your childhood dream. So that was what we were going to do. And so we get through there, and, and Amy's quickly looking for the exit. Now, mind you, this particular ride is not like a roller coaster where you can follow your group all the way through and then just kind of cross over the coaster and wait for them on the other side. It's like once you get in the house, that's it. And we're standing there in front of the fake elevator doors, and she's like, Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch y'all late. I was like, oh, babe, you're going to be fine. And, 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 and Connor and Ansley both said, hey, it's, it's not that we've rid, ridden it before. It's not that bad. Can I tell you? <laughs> Amy Weber, we sat on the back row. It has a seat belt. There's none of this big iron rod stuff with cushions to hold you. It's a seat belt. And we're sitting in the back. And all I could do was laugh the whole time. Y'all know about the Tower of Terror. It's an elevator shaft. It takes you up. It drops you down a floor. It takes you back up, drops you two floors. It it drops you another one all the way back up and drops you all the way back down. I couldn't do nothing but laugh. I didn't even enjoy myself because she was so fearful. Uh, She grabbed my leg and all I could do was start laughing because I knew knew I'm I'm in so much trouble. (laughs) We just got here. I was like, she ain't riding nothing the rest of the day. Why am I telling you that? Because fear robbed her. It did. It wasn't that bad. Now, mind you, I got the mic, babe. It's okay. It was. It was rough. It was rough. It was rough. The rock and roller coaster was like kitty ride compared to that dropping thing. And so anyway, um, I said all that to say fear, will, fear robbed her of an amazing experience. And it robbed me of my childhood experience because all I was, I mean, I'm laughing. I'm sure the people are like, why is this man laughing? I wasn't screaming like everybody else. I was laughing because I knew that when I got off this ride, it was, I'm over. I'm done. I'm happy to say that I was able to sleep in my own bed last night with my wife. I didn't have to sleep on the couch with the dogs. Amen. Listen, fear will rob you of your most amazing experiences that got outside of a, of a thrill ride. Our life and our journey is an amazing, it's an amazing experience. And fear will rob you of what God wants for you. Oh, put that down. Fear will rob you of what God wants for you. I wonder how many in this room are allowing fear to control our minds. She was so fearful yesterday. And her fear didn't just affect her. Her fear affected us. And Ansley was even like afterwards, well, Dad, I at least asked her, was she okay? I'm like, I knew she wasn't okay. I wasn't about to ask. She would probably like, I'm fine, baby. But if I would have said it, she would have, it's like the whole ride would have stopped. She'd be like, what you mean? Am I fine? How many of us, how many of us in this room are allowing fear to control our minds. Write this down. Your breakthrough begins in your mind before it will ever show up in your mess. Your breakthrough shows up here before it ever shows up out here. We want to see it first before we believe it. (laughs) That's not faith. That's why it's so important that we give our minds and our situation to God. Where we are as a nation, you got to give it to God. If we're honest, every single one of us in here have a fear. Anybody else? Anybody else in here? Um, there are lots of fears. Anybody else? Anybody in here claustro- got claustrophobia? Claustrophobic? Don't like small, in, in, um, confined places. I, I looked up a, a few, a, a few others of these. Um, Ablutophobia. This is the fear of washing or bathing. No joke. I think every child in America, where's all my moms and dads at, have experienced ablutophobia. I'll never forget when, when I would go visit my dad on the weekends because my parents went through a divorce and, and I, I just didn't like to take showers. But there was a, there was a, there was a noise that I remember would, that I would hear when dad was taking a shower and it was, the soap would fall out and it would hit the floor and it would make that sound. So what I would start doing is go in, turn the water on, throw some water everywhere. I'd grab the soap and I'd throw it on the thing. Bam! He's probably up in heaven going, I didn't ever knew that. I don't really think he ever knew because he didn't push the issue. Either that or I didn't stink real bad. I'm just saying. Ablutophobia. How about this one? Alodoxophobia. That's the fear of other people's opinions. All the husbands just wrote that down. <laughs> no, baby, I don't want to know. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> How about this one? Catath- Jesus, help me. Catathisophobia. Phobia. I don't know. It's the fear of sitting down. Can you imagine that? At the end of the day, you go, man, I'm just so tired. I can't sit down. I can't sit down. Just be leaning up all the time. 
This is my favorite one. This is, this is real. Y'all can Google these. That's all I did. It's called Sesquipedalophobia. I should have had them put it on the screen for it because S-E-S-Q-U-I-P-E-D-A-L-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. It's the fear of long words. <laughs> that dude's a jerk. I don't know who came up with that word, but he's a joke. He's a jerk. Listen, although some of these are quite comical, and some of y'all are like, I ain't got none of these, I guarantee you, you're going to have some of these. First one is this, fear of loss. Loss, fear of losing your family. Fear of dying and leaving your family. That's one I've heard recently. Losing your marriage, losing your finances, fear of losing your passion, fear of losing your youth. Fear of loss. Number two, fear of failure. This is a fear that paralyzes people. We won't step out and do one thing because we had one bad experience. Maybe starting a business that you know you're supposed to be starting, but you won't. Maybe you're afraid to go back to school. Maybe you're afraid to jump into something new. Number three, fear of rejection or abandonment. Young people face this because right now, young people are just, their relationships are just wide open. And then, then when it's time for the one we bring all that baggage and all that luggage with us into that relationship. I've even seen some people who, who have battled rejection so much, they, they won't even open up to their spouse because they're afraid of the fear of being rejection. It actually becomes a self-made prophecy because you, you're believing it so much. And whatever you put off, that's what, I mean, if you don't believe in you, how do you expect somebody else to? If you believe you're going to screw up, guess what they're going to see? Fear of rejection. And the fourth one is fear of the unknown. What's going to happen next? Man, last year when we had to close this down, I, I had no idea what was going to happen next. I didn't become fearful. I didn't. I really, I really didn't. Did we ever have those conversations? Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Maybe I need to go blah, blah, blah. It was none of that. I just got it. He's either God and he's in control or there is no God and we're the only ones in control. He either is or he isn't. And this word either works or it doesn't. And I've been here 46 years. This word works. And it has worked in my life even when I made stupid jacked up decisions. It still works. Because this word is not predicated on if I get it right, it's still right. It doesn't matter if you don't like it, it's still right. You may not like me. That's okay. His word is still right. There's a boldness, Pastor B. Yeah, I'm tired of, I'm tired of dealing with the devil, doggone it. I, there's anger. It's anger. It's anger. I'm like, stop. <laughs> you can't be playing little tiddlywinks with the devil. Let him know where you stand. I stand here, and this is my line, and you're not crossing it. The devil be trying to steal. Your life should be, not be ruled by fear, anxiety, depression, and doubt. There's a guy in the Bible. I, we won't go to the story. Everybody knows David and Goliath. Y'all know that? Remember that story? If you don't know the story, Google it. But I'm going to give you the short version. He was to become the king. He was overlooked by his dad. The prophet came and said, one of your sons is going to be the next king. So get me, put all your sons out here. He put all the sons out there, and he's standing in front of all of them. None of these are the ones. Is this all you got? He goes, well, no, I still have another one, little David. He's out attending to the sheep bring him in here he's the one he's gonna be king did he go straight to the palace nope went right back out to the sheep one particular day y'all know about the giant he's bad mouthing bad talking just spitting some foul negative game at the at the people of god and, and Dave's dad said, here, I made some pimento cheese sandwiches. It's my story. Y'all just, just not in there, but I like pimento cheese sandwiches. And homemade, not the kind that looks like somebody went and then put it in the bowl. I like mama's, my baby. She makes some good pimento cheese. So he, so he sends little David and says, here, I made some sandwiches. I made some food for lunch for your brothers. He goes out to the battlefield. Hey, guys. See, people, this, uh, that may be you. You're not affected by what's going on. I'm sure as he came up on the scene, he could hear the loudmouth giant, and he didn't care. See, that's where we get it wrong. We start hearing stuff. We start hiding. Shh, don't tell nobody I'm a Christian. Don't tell nobody. Shh, just stay right here. Just be quiet. And that's what his brothers did. Dad got you some lunch. I brought you some lunch. 
And he said, David, come here. Shh, 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 come here, come here, come here. See, if you're not careful, the people that are closest to you will actually try to silence you because of their fear. That's not in the notes. That just came straight down. And so the giant continues to badmouth, and something rose up in David, kind of like what you just saw in Pastor B a minute ago, that, that holy anger. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine giant that he should talk? I'm sure they were like, you sure you want to say that word? That's going in the Bible, you know. We'll probably repeat that for the rest. For, for. No, 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 no. Who is this guy who's talking smack? He has no authority. What did he do? Picked up stones. It matters what weapons you have come prepared for battle with. You come in here and you're not, you're not engaging in worship. Don't expect something to come up out of you if you hadn't already been sharpening it before you got here. Come on, somebody. Trying to help you so you can actually survive this week. We've got to start moving this thing back here because I'm going to need some more space. I feel like I'm about to run. I'm going to get tripped up in a minute. Ah. What David understood was this. That giant had no authority to speak against God's people. Sometimes we got to put people in their place and say, you have no business, no right, and no authority to speak into what God has called this thing to do. Oh, you're not listening to me. You can't speak about my marriage. Sure, they may, they may have, they're not perfect, and neither are you. Stop letting people speak into your ear about your life and your circumstances and where God has put you and what he's called you to do. What's your giant? What's your fear? Listen, there's always a giant that's going to appear right before you. You said it. It's, it's on the one, one yard line. God is pushing us and positioning us to be at a place for our ministry. You think the enemy's not going to pop up and go, hmm? Sometimes he can just show up and don't say a word. He just wants to know, will you entertain him? If he can get your attention, then he can drop something in, in your spirit. You think God's the only one that can talk into your spirit? The enemy says a lot of stuff, and I know that we believe it because we, we go off of, we go off. Sometimes we'll just go off based on what's been put in here. You can't with, make a withdrawal for something that ain't been, been put in there properly. That's why we kicked off the first 15 minutes to say, are we reading this properly? Because if, if I misunderstand it, I'm going to miss it, and I'm not going to live right. That's why I went through that whole little moment there. So what's the giant? There's always a giant. Between you and your destiny. Always. So in order, in order to fact check your fear, you've got to first face your fear. These are your points for, the, for, the, for today. Man, we're doing great. Doing great. In order to fact check fear, you've got to first face it. Well, how do I do that? So glad you asked. Convert your fear into faith. And there will be those that will tell you that fear is the opposite of faith. No, fear is not. The opposite of fear is certainty. You've heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again. Fear is faith in reverse. Fear is faith in the wrong thing. If we could just take just as much faith that it takes to believe that, to believe what his word says, our lives would be so much better off. So how do I convert fear into faith? Here's your next one. Change your perspective. Change your perspective. Many believers say they have faith, but their actions show otherwise. I can't just, I can't just walk in faith and not talk in faith. So how do I walk in faith? So glad you asked that one as well. Colossians 2, 6, and 7 in the NLT says this. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, you must continue. Everybody said continue. It's a continued journey. Continue to follow him. Let your roots, we just talked about this last week. Let your roots grow deep. If your roots ain't deep, there is nothing growing. Let your roots grow deep into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and will overflow with thanks, thankfulness. Excuse me. When we change our perspective, it changes the way we look at a situation. It's so true. You can be faced with the most unbelievable set of circumstances, but if you look at it the way God sees it and what God is trying to do in you through that, it will change the way that you see it. 
if we'll, if we will completely put our trust in God, our situation may not change immediately, but I assure you that God will be with you and he will give you the strength to stand and walk through it. See, we give up on God too soon because we feel like just because we pray, it should happen and answer. And, and, and I, I had this conversation with somebody this week as well. Every single one of our prayers, every one of them are selfish prayers. God is great. God is good. Let him thank us for this food. Why? Because, why? God don't let this food make me sick. But when the prayer doesn't happen the way we, the way we think it needs to, I give up. I quit. That's what the devil is looking for you to say. I give up. I quit. David got three things. In the story of David and, David and Goliath, David saw, David's got three things he's looking at. Here's the, here's the first one. David is smaller than the giant. That's true. Everybody said, that's true. Nudge your neighbor, say, he right. Not he is right. He right. Okay, we got, we got to stay together on this. Number two, his brothers are against him. Listen, listen. Sometimes the closest people to you will be the ones that resist the direction that God is leading you. Because he, the enemy knows that, that if, and, and God even knows that, that if I can get them to push his button, the person that's closest to me, if I give up just because they said it, then the enemy, it's free game. Number three, David was alone. Where was his brothers? <laughs> David, what you doing? The sandwich is good, though. But David, what you doing? Listen, all three of those things are right, but they're not entirely true. Feelings are often real, yes, but they're not always true. I'm almost done. Let me ask you this question. What does being wrong feel like? Talk back to me. What does being wrong feel like? Failure? Anybody else? Embarrassment? Anybody else? Some spouses are going right into a conversation from last night. I ain't trying to pull up all that. I'm just trying to say. Can I just tell you you guys are all wrong? How? Because you just describe what finding out your wrong feels like. Because being wrong feels right. Where's all my husbands at? Y'all know you've been in a conversation where your wife has got real heated, but you, you sticking to your guns. But this is where I'm at. I'm not, and all of a sudden in your mind, as you're still trying to back up what you're trying to get accomplished, you, in your mind you go, you know what? I really am wrong. I need to move this conversation so I don't have to say I'm wrong and apologize. huh being wrong feels right at some point you've got to realize that just because you think what's happening is right that's not always what's happening because David is smaller than the giant but his God is bigger than the giant his brothers are against him but God is for him he may feel alone, but his God is with him. You may feel alone, but God is with you. That's why there was some electricity in here today. Because I could feel, I, I could already sense, and I'm listening, I'm watching social media. People are so fearful. Let me tell you something. Through this journey of, of losing our parents, I see death a whole lot differently. Listen, there is nothing, yes, our hearts grieve, but there is nothing for the believer, there is nothing sad about death. They're not here. They're not dead. I just can't see them. And let me, let me, let me, where do you stand in all this? And I don't want to die and I'm fearful. And I get all that. But listen, he's either God or he's not. This word is either truth or it is not. And the Bible says it is appointed once for man to die. Listen to me, church. Once that date has already been set and you cannot convince this little skinny ball-headed preacher that God did not already know in 2013 when I sat up in Georgia in my bedroom and I made a phone call to my dad and I said, what is it going to look like? He'd been asking me, for, asking us for years to come down here and be a part of what God was doing and I didn't want to. And I could go into detail with that to say it was okay the way that God did it because God knew me and God knew dad and, the, and coming in a little too soon would have messed it up. He will always utilize where you are through your obedience. It's your disobedience that messes things up. I feel the presence of God up in this house today.
It was already set that Robin would pass in September, and three weeks later, Dad would pass. That was already set. So where do I stand? My life belongs to Him. There is not a single thing, there is not a single thing that I can do to adjust that date. Nothing. There are those that have been taken through tragedy, and we don't, and I understand, and I, 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 hear me. We don't understand. I, I, I understand that. We don't understand. What have I been saying for almost 12 months? I don't understand, but I trust his heart. I have shared that with so many people. I don't understand. That's, that's how I feel. But I also know this. I trust him. Too many of us say, I believe in him, but I trust my decisions before God's. And that's why when tragedy strikes, we turn our back on God and we're getting mad at God. Come on, somebody, listen. If my date is set, there is not a thing that I can do that would be a more tragic, that would alter that date. I'm needing y'all to read between the lines because I'm not trying, but I'm trying to get you to stop being fearful. This is, this is exactly, I was like, God, I don't want to share this because it's, it's too close to where we are. But I'm telling you, there is not anything that I can do to protect me from that date. And there is not anything that I can do that will alter if it happens before then. Nothing. If that was true, the word of God would say so. I either believe this or I don't. And if I don't, then I need to go out and continue to live my own way and hope for the best. And this little boy ain't doing that. I don't understand. There are times that I have been mad. But because of his grace and his mercy, I can stand before you today and say I still trust him. And I want that to, I didn't want that to be hard. And, and, I, and I, sometimes I, I come across so hard and I don't mean it that way. And I'm not trying to be insensitive to anybody. But what I want you to understand is fear will drive you. And fear is a joke. And the joke's on us if we believe it. I'm not pinpointing one specific thing. So hear my heart. But fear is Huge. And there's so many realms of it. He's either in control or he's not. So how do I get this faith? Psalms 37, 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight. Now, there have been many preachers, myself included, have felt like if I put my delight in him, he'll then give me everything that I want. Doesn't work that way. Because, listen, that's not a proper definition of this particular verse. The word delight means to wrap yourself in the will of God. Delight in him. And then where we read, he will give you the desires of your heart. That word give in the Hebrew is, um, I may slaughter this word, but nathan. Which means to bestow, to grant or to place. So what that means is when I wrap my life in the will of God, God will place the desires in my heart. His desires become my desire and he gives me the desires of my heart. Because just because because you cannot wrap your not correctly wrap your life around God's will and then still want to go out and do what you want to do and expect him to bless that. Well, she's got to be the one for me. He's got to be the one for me. God's not going to bless that. Hear me. You can't do anything without God. You can't breathe without him. Your heart won't beat without him. Matter of fact, it's his breath in your lungs. That's why we'll stand and say, great is thy faithfulness. It's his. In closing. In closing. How do, I like, how do I delight myself in the Lord? How do I face my fear? How do I convert my fear into faith? Here it is. Last, few, last three points. Number one, pray. You've got to stay prayed up and connected to God. You've got to stay prayed up and connected to God. Get God's opinion, not man's opinion. Get God's opinion, not, not what everybody on Facebook says. 
Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll post stuff on Facebook, and then we'll, 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 hit, we'll hit run back to our page every hour on the hour to see how many people agree with what we said. Just trying to get our opinion out there. Get God's opinion. How you do that? Stay connected to him. Pray. Number two, move forward in faith. Trust God with your finances and generosity. That's the, that's, that's the, that's the surest way. Just tagging back what you said. It's the surest way to show God he has you is when you trust him with your finances. Number three, trust God. The fear that you are facing is nothing compared to the God that's standing with you. What we're seeing in our nation and our country, I'm just going to be honest, it, 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 it can be frightening. Overseas, it's frightening. I get it. But it is nothing compared to the God that is standing with us. Quit letting the enemy push you around. And admit, you don't know what's going on. But you trust him. And you trust his heart towards you. Everybody's standing all over this room this morning. This message was not to be a political endeavor. This message wasn't to get one side riled up over the other. This message was to get God's people riled up at the enemy. For duping us and getting us to believe that we should live in fear. Listen to me. If you make any decision, hear me, hear the voice from heaven this morning. If you make any decision out of fear anything that is a wrong decision because fear is a tool of manipulation and manipulation is as the sin of witchcraft do not make a decision out of fear I've always said, people come to me and say, I don't know if I need to make this decision. I don't know if I need to do this, move here, take this job. Listen, if you don't have a peace about it, don't move. If you don't have a peace, don't move. That's twofold. If, you, if you're fearful, don't, do not proceed forward. And if you don't have a peace, don't proceed. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you from the top till we stop that your presence has been in this house today, Jesus. I sent you here today. I feel like lives have been altered and changed. So maybe with every head bowed and every eye closed, you can just, by a show of hands, that would say, today's message was for me right where I am right now. Would you just all over this room if you if that's you say that message was for me i have been fearful about some things and it has been it's almost been debilitating fear is debilitating and with those hands still up come on that's you just lift it up father we recognize that circumstances beyond our control require your presence and right now jesus for every single person represented in in this room and online today or listening at a later date father i ask in the name of jesus that as they wrap their lives around your will father that they would that your peace would father rest and be bestowed on that that soul that life right now in jesus name come on just say i receive it i receive it i receive it See, it's a faith. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. Faith over fear. I, I, I don't understand. This doesn't make any sense. That's okay. It doesn't have to. That's because you're trying to understand it. God, I put my faith and my trust in you. I don't understand what my next move is, but God, I'm seeking you for what I'm supposed to do. You can put your hand down. If you're here this morning and say, I want to know that I'm saved. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I have not done it. Maybe I have a long time ago, but today I want to make a point to say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. If that's you, 
with every head bowed and every eye closed, just slip your hand up. I just want to pray a quick prayer. Just say, I want to know that I'm saved today. It's all come down to this. I see a hand. I see another hand. Come on, anybody else? I see that other hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those young people's hands. I see hands all up over this, all over this auditorium today. I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord. Come on, let's say this prayer together from the front to the back. Not because God's hard of hearing, but because the devil's hard of hearing. And he needs to know that we mean business today. Come on. Oh God, I come before you today confessing my sins. I'm truly sorry for my sins. I believe that your only son Jesus died for me on the cross at Calvary. I believe that he conquered sin, he conquered death, and he conquered the devil. And today, I am set free. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my comforter. And oh yes, God today, be my peace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we give Jesus Christ a hand clap of praise in this house today? I believe some people's destination has been switched and changed for the kingdom of God. Listen, 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 listen. How many believe this place should be full next Sunday? How many believe this place should... How many believe that the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is not being watered down, but it's just what our city needs? Can I... Can I, I I'm not going to come into contact with everybody that you work with. It's not possible because you got them on lockdown. Where you at? So guess what that means? You need to invite every single person that you can. I'm not talking about going door to door, passing out tracks. Listen, if that fish ain't biting, change bait. Well, Brother Bradley, we, we used to do it this way. That's why your freezer's empty. Invite somebody to church this week. Pray and ask God. Don't just casually go, hey, you want to come to church? Want to come to church? Pastor Bradley, I invited 10 people. No, 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 no. Ask God who you, because if he will tell you exactly who's ready and ripe on the inside. You know that person, their marriage's falling apart, their kids are putting them through hell they don't know what to do what you do is you say i'm turning let me help you we're gonna walk this thing together i got a family that i need you need to be a part of because god is up to some great things i'm just telling you where we are headed is going to take an army and i believe i truly believe as they're getting this track ready i believe that this army god is going to use to infiltrate our city and our community and that the kingdom of darkness is going to be decreased and the kingdom of God is going to be increased in Jesus name come on give Jesus Christ a hand clap if you enjoyed today's message I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world God bless you have an awesome week